It's December 1st on Friday. December 1st is Friday. Husbands, Christmas is coming, 29 days. Don't shop on Christmas Eve. Make sure to get your gift now. Hopefully you got it during Black Friday, online, not in the store. But anyway, I hope you're looking forward to our pastor coming back next week. I'm looking forward to him coming back next week because some of you are like, man, I am looking forward to him coming back next week. Anyway, how many of you have the Reminder app on your phone? Six people, cool. You probably have it if you were to look at your iPhone, uh, my iPhone people, not Droid. Anyway, your Reminder app on your phone, but the question is how many of you guys use that Reminder app? You have it, how many of you use it? I use it, I need it. Um, Siri and I are pretty close. Um, But I will use the Reminder app for a lot of things. One of the things I will use the Reminder app for is whenever I maybe bake a pizza. Any of you ever used it when you're baking a pizza? Some of you say no, because you're like, I use the timer on the oven. Like, come on, Hux, you can use the timer on the oven. But if you don't use the timer on the oven and you go do something else, what happens? You could burn the pizza, you could come back and it'd be crispy crust instead of thin crust or the thick crust, it becomes crispy crust. Maybe you've cooked cookies before, you forgot to set a reminder and then you start smelling this aroma of burnt chocolate throughout the house. We need reminders for things, right? Parents in the room, maybe, you're not perfect, and you have forgotten to pick up your kids from school. (laughs) Any of you ever done that? Didn't set a reminder? You were the worst mom ever, the worst parent ever. God forbid, you're 99% perfect. They had to stay after school for five more minutes. But we need reminders in life because we forget things. And I think one of the greatest reminders that we possibly ever could have in our lives is to remind ourselves of the gospel. Like what would happen every single day if we woke up and we reminded ourselves of the gospel? What would happen? What would happen in your life? What would happen in the lives around you if you woke up every single day and you didn't remind yourself of your failures, your mistakes, but you woke up and you reminded yourself of the gospel and the price that Jesus has paid for you, how much different would your life be? See, I want you not to forget this message this morning so each of you hopefully, while supplies last, will go away with one of these crosses that you can keep in your pocket, that you can keep in your car, that you can keep by the nightstand, that you can keep on your keys, that you can keep somewhere that you can remind yourself of the gospel and the price Jesus paid for you. Because let me ask you this, would you have woken up a little bit differently and had a little bit better of an attitude when it came to your spouse if you woke up and you remind yourself of the gospel and how much you were loved when you didn't deserve love? Do you think maybe we would have treated our kids differently that are in the room, 
a little bit differently if we reminded ourselves of the gospel? Do you think maybe we would have treated that person differently on the road, on our way to church? If we would have reminded ourselves of the gospel. See, it all starts with the gospel. It ends with the gospel. Like everything is about the gospel and the price that Jesus has paid for us, his death, burial, and resurrection. Like we have to keep that in mind. I'm not the one that came up with this. One of my favorite theologians, Charles Spurgeon, said this. He says, the greatest habit that we can ever possess is to remind ourselves of the gospel. The greatest habit that you could ever have, not brushing your teeth, not washing your hair, not clipping your nails. You awake? But to remind yourself of the gospel. Charles Spurgeon wasn't the only one that said it. Even Martin Luther, who nailed the 95 theses that we celebrate during Halloween, not Halloween, right? Reformation Day, we celebrate that. But he even said, preach the gospel to yourself. Because I so often want to preach the gospel to you, but have I preached it to myself? I so often want to share Jesus with others, but have I reminded myself of the story and how Jesus rescued me, how Jesus saved me? Listen, this is the greatest reminder that often we forget you woke up today. Someone saved you. Someone rescued you. Someone left heaven to come down to this earth for you. We're about to celebrate his arrival, Advent, his coming. It is the greatest thing that you could remind yourself of. Because think about this for a second. With the cross in mind, how can you not walk away knowing that Jesus will take care of you? Because some of you, maybe a couple weeks ago, were sleeping during my message. You didn't think about contentment. You thought about that Black Friday deal. And now you're like, man, how am I going to put food on the table this week? But can I tell you that if you took care of your greatest need, he can take care of your every need. If he took care of your eternity, that he can take care of your every need. Listen, with the cross in mind, how can you not walk away knowing, hey, he's going to take care of the birds of the air, the flowers of the field, and he's going to take care of every single one of my needs. With the cross in mind, like I am viewing life through the cross, like with the cross in mind, how can I not walk away knowing that Jesus loves me? Regardless of if I feel loved or not, it is just a known fact that God loves me. He loves me as much today that he's gonna love me tomorrow, a thousand years from now, you name it. Like he can't stop loving me. What would happen? We reminded ourselves of the gospel every day that we woke up. Because listen, Thanksgiving never ends for a Christian. Thanksgiving never ends for a Christian. You can wake up and be thankful every single day because you have the cross in mind, the gospel in mind, so Thanksgiving never ends. Some of you are like, I was ready for Thanksgiving to be over. I'm here to tell you, Thanksgiving never ends for a Christian. It never ends. We have a reason to be thankful every single day we wake up because of the price that's been paid for us. See, we're going to do that here in a little bit. We're going to be thankful and we're going to reflect on the gospel and the price that's been paid for us through the Lord's Supper, through communion. That's one way we're going to do it. But I'm telling you, 
the gospel puts everything in perspective. Everything. If you have your Bibles with you, or you have your phones with you, if you could turn with me to Luke. Luke chapter 17. I want to keep the kids awake, the adults awake, as maybe you've been sleeping in this week, having been setting your alarms, been getting a little bit more shut-eye, how I want to keep you awake. This is what I would love for you to do. Could you stand to your feet for me as we read God's word this morning? Need to give y'all some exercise in here. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus! Y'all wait. That's what the text says. They called out in a loud voice. They stood six feet away. They called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, Show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Thanksgiving for a Christian never ends. Y'all see it? And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Only see one here. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. You guys can be seated. What I know about this text this morning is all 10 of these men who had leprosy all had one thing in common. They all had a need. They all had a need. My question for you this morning is what's your need? What's your need? You all have a need. You do. They had an extreme need. Any of y'all remember this thing maybe four years ago called COVID, y'all remember that? Try to forget about it, not remember it. But I want you to kind of relate these 10 lepers to someone who had COVID. Like as soon as they had leprosy and they declared that they had leprosy, like they were quarantined. They were isolated from their spouse, isolated from their kids. They lost all community. Listen, not only did that happen to them, I want you to think how people didn't even want to be around them because this was a disease that attacked and rotted your flesh. So they smelled like rotting flesh. It was something that you did not want to have back in the day. These 10 men had a need. They had a need. 
You have a need this morning. And I'm here to tell you, they all recognize one thing. They all went to Jesus because Jesus is everyone's greatest need. They got that right. They all went to Jesus. I believe they went to Jesus because they had gone to doctors. They tried medicine. They probably tried anything and everything. They had to have. I mean, if that's me and I've been isolated from everyone, I want to heal this. I want to get rid of this. I'm going to do anything and everything. And they finally said, hey, we've tried everything else and it hasn't worked. Therefore, we're going to go to Jesus. Let me ask you this morning, are you going to Jesus first or are you going to him last? Because Jesus needs to be our first priority, not our last resort. And oftentimes, we'll try everything else We'll medicate ourselves. We will do anything and everything else before we go to Jesus first. What would happen if we went to Jesus first? Because Jesus can do more in one moment than we ever could do in a lifetime. He can. All 10 of these men who had leprosy, they all went to Jesus and it was outwardly visible, like you could see the leprosy on these people. And your need might not be outwardly visible this morning. Our needs are not always outwardly visible because some of you, your greatest need is something private that nobody else sees, that nobody else knows about. But some of you, people can see the need in you. And the best thing we can do is point people to Jesus. That is the best thing. See, Jesus knows your needs and he wants to meet your needs. He knows your needs and wants to meet your needs. Jesus does. He cares about what's troubling you, what's affecting you, whether it's outwardly or whether it's inwardly. But he cares, most importantly, about what's troubling you inwardly. But I want to illustrate this point because some of you are still asleep. So can I get my 10 volunteers, where all that, come up here? There could be like 11 of you. If I asked one of you to hold a sign, I even asked two of my girls to hold a sign. I actually might have asked for too many, but this is what I want you to do. If y'all could all line up here, stand by this cross. Peyton, you do this for me. Hold these just like that for me. How many do we have up here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yes, that's perfect. You're gonna pass them out for me. Man, I do good work. So pass them out with this in the front. Man, one job, one job. Make sure leprosy is in the front. He's doing a great job, don't you think? I think so. Our kids are up here, gotta involve the kids because mom and dad are like, get out of the seat. But I just want to demonstrate this. I got girls involved too. I know it said 10 men. This is what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to shift kind of down because I want to leave six feet in between the cross and Kinsey, my middle daughter, all right? So you're shifting kind of down. That's great, okay? But there was 10 men who came to Jesus and they did what? What'd they do? They called out, didn't they? How many of y'all took acting classes? Nobody. Drama? 
Some of you are like, they are drama. Anyway, this is what I need y'all to do. Y'all have one line this morning. Some of you are like, Hux, you lied to me. You just had to hold a sign. This is what I need y'all to do. In just a second, on three, I'm gonna have you call out, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Jesus, master, have pity on us. Can y'all do that? Here we go on three. We'll see how well they do. On three, here we go. One, two, three. That was terrible. <laughs> did y'all read the story? I think my oldest did the best job, and she's nine, okay? Anyway, it says they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Can y'all do that? You ready? One, two, three. Listen, I saw better acting in football yesterday. Come on. All right. Anyway, y'all get the point, don't you? As they're still standing there, did they say, Jesus, master, heal us? No, they said, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Because that's the gospel in Romans chapter five. It says it's just the right time while we were still powerless, Jesus died for the ungodly. Like we needed pity, we needed mercy more than anything else. And notice how they addressed him. They addressed him as master. See, you're gonna call him what you, what you know him by. Let me ask you this. What do you know Jesus by? Do you know him by master? Or do you know him by Lord? Because they called him how they knew him. And I hope that you're at that point in your life where you're calling him Lord, bigger than master. But this is what Troy's gonna do over here, our drummer who was hidden in the corner this morning. Um, he's gonna be our priest, okay? So this is what happens. They, they cry out in a loud voice like, Jesus, master, have pity on us. And then they do something. What'd they do? Do y'all remember? Were y'all, were y'all paying attention? Or were y'all just like, I gotta hold a sign. I gotta hold a sign. I gotta hold a sign. They went to a priest, and what happened when they went to a priest? They got what? They got healed. Man, Jack, you get 100, okay? But I want you to think for a second. Where were you when you called out to Jesus? Before you knew Jesus, where were you and how far away were you when you called out to Jesus? Because it says in the text they were six feet away. They couldn't get close to Jesus because it was contagious, like they were six feet away, and some of you this morning are more than six feet away when you called out to Jesus. Like how far away were you when you called out to Jesus? Some of you were miles away from Jesus when you called out to him, and you called out to Jesus, and he saved you, right? But I love in this text, they call out to Jesus, cleanse us, and this is what I want y'all to do. They go to the priest, y'all walk to the priest over there, and as they walk to the priest, I want y'all to flip your sign around on three. You ready? One, two, three. Y'all walk, and as you go, flip your sign around. Okay, flip it around. Do like this. Ready? Here we go. Flip it around. And as they went to the priest, they were all what? They were all healed. All healed as they went. Let me ask you this. What's one area of your life that would bring healing through one step of obedience? 
What's one area of your life where you would walk away healed if you just obeyed? I don't know what that is, but imagine if they wouldn't have gone to the priest. All right, give them a hand, y'all. Give yourselves a hand. You can drop your signs right there. Drop your signs. Drop your signs. They all call out. And that's where it all starts for us. We call out to Jesus because we know we need rescue and we know we need saved. And I love, there's been a song that we've sang since June called Trust in God that talks about I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. That's why I trust him. I almost want to sing it. You want me to sing it? Some of you are like, do it, do it, do it. No. All right. But Psalm 34. Yeah. Come on, brother. Come on. Psalm 34 verse 4 says this. It says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. What does he need to deliver you from today? Some of you are like, I ain't got leprosy. I know you don't have leprosy, but you have something. What do you need to call out to him about this morning? What is it? What is it? Some of you need to be reminded this morning and never forget where you were when Jesus saved you. Go back to the time right now in your life and remember where you were when Jesus saved you and you called out to him. You were more than six feet away. You were like Jonah in the whale. You were far in the pit. I don't know where you were, but some of you maybe woke up this morning and you're still beating yourself up because you're not where you wanna be, but praise God, you're not where you used to be. Because where you used to be, come on, where you used to be was on your way to hell and now you're on your way to heaven. Where you used to be was lost and now you're found. Where you used to be was chained and now you're set free. Listen, I can keep going because Jesus has done something radical in your life when you remind yourself of the gospel. They came to Jesus with a need. And I love every single time we come to Jesus, his invitation is always come as you are, but not stay as you are. See, anytime we have an encounter with Jesus, every single time that you wake up and you get in God's word, he wants you to leave differently. Every time you come to church with your family, with your spouse, he wants you to leave differently. He wants you to have an encounter with him to where you leave differently. You don't look the same. When was the last time you thanked God for sending Jesus to be your savior? We wake up every single day and are we thanking God for what he's done for us? 10 of them all had one thing in common. They all had a need. We all have a need. But there was one who had a completely different response. So my second question for you this morning is, what's your response? What is your response? It says this in verse 15, one of them, just one, just uno, just one. Not five of them, not seven of them, only one. When he saw, he was healed. When he saw, like he looked at his skin and he was like, I am healed. Like I had this leprosy, my skin was almost falling off. 
but I am completely healed. Like when he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him for he was a Samaritan. So he comes back, he sees he's healed, and he throws himself down at the feet of Jesus, and he's just praising Jesus. Like what would happen if we woke up every morning before our feet touched the ground, our knees hit the ground, and we just bowed before Jesus and we thanked him for saving us. God, I thank you for radically changing my life so that I can love my spouse how I need to love my spouse, how I can love my kids the way I need to love because I've encountered your love. It was while I was a sinner, you died for me. You rescued me. You saved me. You loved me despite me. Jesus, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. What would happen? What would happen? That was the response of one. Jesus is like, where's the other nine? See, I love this text. They were loud about their cry. They were loud about their need, but they were loud when they got changed. They were loud when they got changed because this is what I know. It's hard to stay quiet when Jesus has saved you. It's hard to stay quiet when Jesus has saved you. Like, I don't know about you, but whenever worship happens on Sunday morning, it's hard for me to stay still. It's hard. Like, I'm not one of those people somewhere like, I'm not that guy. This is me. Oh, praise the name. I'm like, oh, yeah? Jesus has changed you? Oh, the Lord our God. Oh, yeah? Oh, praise him? Because the other day, I had the opportunity to take my two daughters to their first ever Gator game. Some of you are like, go FSU. Anyway, some of you too are like, I can see by the color you're wearing, you're transitioning. I'm not. Anyway, <laughs> I had the opportunity to take my two daughters to the Florida Gator game, and we got beat. Anyway, but one of them, my middle child, picked this up, this older guy behind us. I'm like, she's like, she started mimicking it. I'm like, he can get loud, can he? He can get loud about a game of football. We can get loud about Jesus. We can get loud about Jesus because I just saw some grown men, let me be honest for a second, that I know and I've seen in church all my life and I'm like, man, how come they're not as animated? How come they're not as loud when they get in church and Jesus has saved them and changed them? I'm like, what is going on here? If there's anything in this entire world that I want to see my daughters see me get loud about, it's the name of Jesus and what he's done for me. game of football and you get loud the 18 to 21 year olds I walk into church I go about in the community and I'm like I've never even heard them talk about Jesus I've never seen them post about Jesus and I jump on social media last night and I'm like rivalry weekend I'm like Man, they're passionate about something. 
And I'm like, man, what would happen if they got passionate about Jesus? What would happen if we got loud about Jesus and how he's changed us and how he saved us? What would happen? Because the loudest place at 9.15 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Sunday morning should be a Heritage Community Church that the community should hear the loudest singers, the loudest praisers, the loudest worshipers of all time. This should be the loudest place that rocks the city of Fruitland Park because we have something to praise God about. What happened? We remind ourselves of the gospel. Because you know the greatest thing that's killing others around us is our silence. That we want to be passionate about things that don't matter in eternity. We want to be passionate about things that are temporary. And what would happen if we got passionate about the things that matter in eternity? What would happen if we got passionate? We didn't care how much we talked about Jesus, how much we bragged about Jesus, how much we boasted about Jesus. What would happen if we got loud? Because this guy got loud. He was healed. He was changed. He was different. He was impacted by the gospel. He was impacted by Jesus. And he came back and he threw himself at Jesus. He was all in. He's like, I ain't gonna praise you halfway. I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna give you everything because you've changed me and you've saved me and my life is radically different. Listen, we've been changed to live a life of praise. We have been. Praise should be our language Praise should be our everyday living. I love what David in Psalm 119 said. He said, seven times a day, I praise you for your righteous loss. Seven times a day, he had reminders, 8 a.m., 10 a.m., noon, 2 p.m., 4 p.m., 6 p.m., 8 p.m. Reminders would go off. God, I praise you. God, I praise you. God, I praise you. Stuff's going on in my life, but God, I praise you. God, I praise you. God, I praise you. And he just kept praising him. I love what someone said. They said, gratitude is incomplete if it goes unexpressed. Gratitude is incomplete if it goes unexpressed. Listen, praise will always be the best response for what Jesus has done for us. It'll always be the best response. This is what I want y'all to do for me. Can we do this for a second? I want us to have a praise party for 60 seconds. Can y'all stand to your feet and everything in you, can we give God some praise up in here? Can we do that? Can y'all stand to your feet? Can we praise God? Come on. You can praise God. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Let's go.
Y'all are good. Y'all are good. Y'all can be seated. Thought about bringing some air horns this morning, but I want to be invited back. Some of y'all thought you're at a Pentecostal church for a second. Y'all should have seen me first service. I was running the aisles. Just kidding. Just kidding. Some of you, that was uncomfortable. Some of you, that was different. Because you've never maybe taken 60 seconds to go a little crazy of what Jesus has done for you. What if in our house tomorrow morning, in our prayer closets, your spouse was startled, someone was startled in the house? Because they're like, what in the world? And it was because you were on your knees and you were just praising God for what he's done for you. Because sometimes we're like, we call it quiet time. Sometimes anything we need to call it loud time. I'm having my loud time. Sometimes like we want to get all quiet. Because sometimes we need to hear them, don't get me wrong. Because all these noise competing for our attention. Other times we need to get a little loud. Get a little bit excited, man. I'm before the presence of Jesus. That he made a way for me to come before him. Like he tore down the barrier. He tore the curtain in two that I could have a way to Jesus. We get a little loud. We get a little excited. See, thankfulness will always display itself. Always. You just imagine for a second with me. This guy who had leprosy who comes back how much different his life was. He can go back to his spouse. He can, I imagine him just going back to his spouse and hugging his spouse and kissing his spouse that he hadn't seen his spouse in so long. His kids that maybe he was isolated from, he goes back and embraces his kids like his friends that he was isolated from that he couldn't hang out with. He's able to hang out with them. He's like, man, Jesus has changed me. Because the guy who came back praising God who had leprosy, see, not only was he healed that day, he was saved that day. See, he encountered not only a healing, a physical healing, but he encountered a spiritual healing because he came back and understood the price that Jesus had paid for him. I really believe he would be a lot like Paul was in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, when Paul said, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Indescribable. And as I close this morning, I just want to describe the gospel for a second of what he's done for us. He became a servant that we might become saved. It says, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He was rejected that we might become accepted. 
He became homeless that we might gain a home in heaven. He became weary that we might become rested. He says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. He was stripped that we might become clothed for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. He was bound that we might become free. He died that we might live. What would happen? What would happen? If we woke up every single day and we reminded ourselves of the gospel. Because gratitude, gratitude is a habit that should be found in every single one of our lives because of what has been done for us. In just a second, as the band makes their way up, we're gonna have an opportunity to express our gratitude back to Jesus through song. We're gonna be able to sing the song as we close out this series. We've been calling this series Greater Gratitude. We're gonna be able to express our gratitude to him. And then I'm gonna come back up and we're gonna have an opportunity to express our gratitude that his body was broken for us, his blood that was poured out for us. We're gonna have an opportunity to celebrate through communion and the Lord's Supper. But as we go into worship, may you not be reserved, may you be loud, may you express your thanksgiving, your praise, and your worship to Jesus. Would you all stand with me? I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna worship this morning. Maybe you're here even in a little bit. Your greatest need is Jesus. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. I'm gonna be standing down front as we sing, find me. Maybe you need prayer, find me. Go to the front lobby, find someone. We would love to pray with you. Let me pray. Jesus, may we never forget the price that you paid for us. May we never get over the fact that you came all the way from heaven to earth to die for us, to be ridiculed, to be mocked, to be beaten, to be whipped, to wear a crown of thorns, to die in our place. You didn't deserve it. We deserved it. But God, we're thankful for your grace and your mercy that you had pity on us, that you had mercy on us. Because we all need your mercy. And God, I'm thankful that we know in Ephesians 2, God being rich in mercy, you died for us, you gave your life for us. So this morning, we give you our praise, we give you our thanksgiving. For all these things in the name of Jesus and all God's people said.